Well, here we are. It is Wednesday again and time for us to look in God's Word together. We are going to be in James chapter 3. I uh, did not get last week's uh, Bible study uploaded, um, but it is going to be uploaded with this one. Um, Well, it's going to be uploaded today. Let me put it like that. So if you're listening to today's and you have not listened to last week's, you'll be able to find that on the uh, Facebook members only page uh, posted about the same time as I did this one. Uh, more than likely, it will be a earlier post. Um, but uh, today, um, this is uh, September the 13th. Wow, uh, almost halfway through September, uh, we are going to be looking at verses 13 through 18 of James chapter 3. As we look at these verses, we will consider wisdom that comes from above. You know, the Lord gives to his children wisdom from above or from him, and this wisdom that he gives to us is not conceited. It's not brash or proud. In fact, his wisdom that he gives us is the opposite of that. His wisdom is gentle and humble. So let's look at what James says as we look at chapter 3, verses 13 through 18 together. It says, Who among you is wise and understanding? By his good conduct he should show that his works are done in the gentleness that comes from wisdom. But if you have bitter envy and selfish ambition in your heart, don't boast and deny the truth. Such wisdom does not come down from above, but is earthly, unspiritual, demonic. For where there is envy and selfish ambition, there is disorder and every evil practice. But the wisdom from above is first pure, then peace-loving, gentle, compliant, full of mercy and good fruits, unwavering, without pretense. And the fruit of righteousness is sown in peace by those who cultivate peace. Let us pray together. Father, we thank you for the day that you've given us to look into your word and to study it and to glean from it the truth that it is. And Lord, we pray that you would speak to our hearts today. I ask that you would give me the words that we need to hear. And above all else, that Jesus Christ would be glorified not only in our individual lives, but in the life of his church, First Baptist Church in Gautier. Thank you, Lord, for our opportunity to open the Word of God together. I pray your blessings on everyone that is listening. I pray that you would bless everyone that is a part of our church and help this church to be a blessing to her community as well as to this world. For it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right. Uh, As we get into the scripture here and start looking at it, the first thing that I'd point out to you as we're looking at this scripture is that there is a certain wisdom from above, and it is different from earthly wisdom. It is not like earthly wisdom, and first of all, that it is pure. It is not mixed with earthly wisdom or anything else. It, it, it is pure in its form. You know, a lot of times people, when they think about their belief systems, they might believe a little bit from uh, one faith and then another and, and add into it some other things. You know, I even hear churchgoers talk about karma. And karma is not a, uh, a Christian concept. It is not a biblical concept. 
It is something that comes from a far eastern religion. Most likely, if I recall correctly, it comes from Buddhism. And so it really does not have any part in uh, the Christian faith. Now, of course, Jesus taught us that we reap what we sow, uh, which, uh, I mean, karma might have uh, some similarity to that. But uh, I think that oftentimes people uh, in the Christian faith that deal with karma or talk about karma, uh, they are not doing it from a biblical standpoint, but rather taking from what they've heard in the world and uh, adapting that to their own uh, faith. Well, folks, um, this is uh, this wisdom that we get from above does not come from other religions. It does not come from other people. It does not come from our own minds. It is pure. It is not mixed with anything else. And so not only is it pure in that it's not mixed with anything else, the other thing about it is is that it's not diluted. It's not weak. It is whole. It is pure. It is complete. This wisdom from above is available to us, and it is, has been described as pure, and it has also been described as peace-loving. Now, we'll talk about loving peace and being peaceable and peaceful with each other later on, but uh, I want to point out that this wisdom from above is not quarrelsome. It has the ability to overlook wrongs. So if uh, we as uh, people of the book, if we as Christians and uh, part of a church family, if we are going to uh, use this wisdom from above to guide our lives, then we're not going to be quarrelsome. And I know that there are many times when there are people in churches that are quarrelsome when they don't get their way, uh, they will have a quarrelsome attitude and will make us think about stuff if they don't agree with it. And uh, as we look in Scripture, as we understand what Scripture is teaching us today, we can't help but to understand that this type of attitude, this type of behavior, is not from the Lord at all. In fact, this type of behavior is from the enemy. Uh, The Lord would not have us to be quarrelsome. Now, uh, there will be disagreements in church. Uh, There will be disagreements in families. Uh, There will be disagreements as far as how to interpret certain passages of Scripture. There might be some disagreements on methods and methodology, and there might even be some disagreements on style of music and also maybe uh, how new or how old uh, the hymns are that we are singing. But we can disagree without being disagreeable. And so James here, through the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, is letting us know that the wisdom from above is not disagreeable, it's not quarrelsome, it is peace-loving. And so when we understand that, we, we need to understand that we need to have the ability to overlook some wrong sometimes. Maybe when somebody offends us, to rather than get offended, to overlook it and give the other person the benefit of the doubt, to assume the best rather than the worst. But too often times we as human beings would look at the worst rather than trying to give a person the benefit of the doubt.
But this wisdom from above, not only is it not quarrelsome, not only is it peace-loving, but we also see that the wisdom from above is both gentle and compliant. And so uh, we need to be gentle in uh, what uh, and how we deal with each other. And and I think that just it, it further expands how this wisdom from above impacts our lives and and guides us in how we relate to other people. It's also full of mercy and good fruits. Uh, You know, that being full of mercy goes back to having that idea of being able to overlook wrongs, to give somebody the benefit of the doubt. And so I think uh, as we grow in Christ, as we grow in the faith, then we are able to develop this wisdom from above that we are able to uh, have it impact us. Have it, it is a gift from God, this wisdom from above, and that we can operate according to this wisdom. But it's not only full of mercy, but also it says that it's full of good fruits. And when I think of fruits in the Scripture, I oftentimes go back to the fruit of the Spirit, my understanding of what a Christian should be and what kind of fruit should come from a Christian's life and what kind of fruit are we to display to one another. And that is found in Galatians chapter 5, verses 22 through 23. There it says, But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. The law is not against such things. And so if we're going to have that fruit of the Spirit that comes from the wisdom from above, then we're going to display love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And so uh, I'm thankful for the the Scripture to expand that idea of that wisdom from above by uh, looking at the fruit of the Spirit to understand that uh, the wisdom from above will have self-control. And and that goes on with even how it's described here in, in James he is describing the scripture or describing, I'm sorry, describing the wisdom from above as unwavering. And so that, that has that idea of self-control overlapping with that and being able to be without pretense, meaning that is without hypocrisy. And so uh, wisdom from above, again, is pure. Uh, it's not hypocritical. Now, notice how the fruit of righteousness is sown And it's sown, in verse 18, we see that it's sown in peace by those who cultivate peace. Now, I'm going to reserve uh, time to talk about peace at the end of our time together. But let's think about earthly wisdom for a moment as we have just uh, talked a little bit about the wisdom from above. Now, earthly wisdom is pretty much the opposite of wisdom from above. Earthly wisdom is rooted in envy and selfish ambition. You know, we, we talked about pride a little bit this past Sunday and how John the Baptist gave us an example of how we ought to live our lives in that we should not be prideful. We ought to adopt that attitude that John the Baptist had when he said that Jesus, or he actually said, he must increase, but I must decrease. 
when referring to Jesus. And so uh, this wisdom from above does not think of oneself. It is not rooted in envy and selfish ambition like earthly wisdom is. Now, earthly wisdom also leads to disorder and evil and every evil practice. My goodness, what are we seeing in the world today, in the political arena, in the entertainment arena, uh, in academia? What do we see happening with earthly wisdom? We see it leading to disorder, and we see it leading to every evil practice. Earthly wisdom is not only rooted in envy and selfish ambition, but the Bible describes it here as being earthly, unspiritual, and demonic. And so we need to understand that we need to stay away from earthly wisdom, that we need to grab a hold of the wisdom from above. But regrettably, this earthly wisdom is all around us today, and it's even in churches. We do not need to rely on our own understanding. We do not need to rely on earthly wisdom when it comes to being a church and moving forward together. We need heavenly wisdom. We need godly wisdom. We need wisdom that is from above because earthly wisdom is me-centered, and there's no place for us to be centered on self in the Christian faith. There is only one that we focus on. There is only one that we're devoted to, and his name is Jesus Christ. And so we need that wisdom from above. And and here in verse 14, he, he says, don't boast. It says in verse 14, don't, but if you have bitter envy and selfish ambition in your heart, don't boast and deny the truth. You know, if if we boast in anything, if we boast at all, if there's anything that we ought to be proud of, anything that we ought to shout from the rooftops, if there's anything that we ought to make much of, it is Jesus Christ. Let us be a people that boast in Christ and proclaim the truth of the gospel. You know, when we boast in ourselves, we deny the truth uh, that without Christ, we are nothing. And, and this is a central truth to our faith, that without Christ, we're nothing. Without Christ, we are sinners condemned to eternity in hell. We, without Christ, we are condemned in darkness. We are condemned underneath the weight of our own sin. Without Christ, we are dead in our trespasses, in our sins. Without Christ, we are absolutely Nothing, and so there, there's no boasting to be done in ourselves. The, the, we we can't boast in ourselves because it is because of Jesus that we have life. It is because of Jesus that we have forgiveness of sins. It is because of Jesus that we have eternal life. It is because of Jesus that we have abundant life. And when we really want to get down to where the rubber meets the road, there is not a single talent, skill, or ability, or knowledge, or any. Anything about us that we have that is not being gifted to us by the Lord Jesus Christ Himself. He made us, He designed us, and He He put the breath of life in us, and we are His and we are to live for Him. And so the boasting is not in myself, it can't be in myself. My boasting must be in Christ, in Christ alone. You know, in this passage, we are challenged to walk in humility with the wisdom 
that is above. And, and again, going back to Sunday, we, we're not we're not called to degrade ourselves, um, but we are called to put our focus where it needs to be. And when we truly put our focus on Jesus Christ, we're not going to want to look at anyone else. We're not going to look want to look at ourselves. We're not going to want to look at another person. We would simply, when we truly focus on Christ, we will simply want to keep our focus there. And so it is indeed a challenge to walk in humility. It is indeed a challenge to keep our focus on Christ as we need to, but with God's help, we can do it. And so I want to close with a few thoughts on living in peace. There is an emphasis on peace in this passage. We are told that the one who is wise and understanding does his works in gentleness that comes from wisdom And of course, that wisdom is from above. And so that doing the work in gentleness speaks to a person that lives peaceably with others. But we're also told that the wisdom from above is peace-loving. And so we also see in this passage that the fruit of righteousness is sown in peace by those who cultivate peace. And so I want to encourage us to uh, walk in peace, to live by peace, to cultivate peace with one another, uh, to, uh, to even as we think about in Romans 12, it says in Romans 12, 18, if possible, as far as de- it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. And so we want to do that. We want to live at peace with everyone as much as it depends on you. Now, there are times when we are not able to live at peace with everyone because uh, there are people that would uh, have um, say things or do things that is contrary to Scripture, and we don't need to overlook things that are against Scripture, and we need to stick by Scripture when we need to. Uh, and so there are times when we may not be able to live at peace with everyone. But as if it is possible... And it lines up with Scripture. If you're able to, um, if you're able to please God in it, and as far as depends on you, live at peace with everyone. Even that person that pushes your buttons, even that person that seems to uh, not care about you, that person that might even be antagonistic toward you and your enemy. The Scripture is very clear. As much as depends on you. Live at peace with that person. And of course, Jesus said in the Sermon on the Mount during the Beatitude section, he, he said, Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called sons of God. Now, I, I think that uh, this is indicating to us that one of the uh, attributes of a Christian, a follower of Christ, is that they are a peacemaker. And not only are they a peacemaker, But Jesus calls those of us that are peacemakers blessed or happy, and it says, for they will be called the sons of God. And so, of course, as a believer in Christ, we have that status in Christ as being a son of God, a child of God. But not only that, but I think uh, to a certain extent, other people will recognize us for who we are if we're living as peacemakers and living peaceably as much as depends on us with other people. Now, I'm, I'm not talking about being a pushover, not getting, not getting run over all the time, but um, we, we also need to understand that uh, as followers of Christ, 
we're to be like Christ. And Jesus was a peacemaker, and as much as he could, he lived peacefully with other people. And so as much as we can, we need to live at peace, but also uh, more, uh, also, I'm, I almost said most uh, more importantly, but as important as living at peace with others, we need to make sure that we help people to be at peace with God. We need to be peacemakers between God and other people. And we do that by sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ with those around us. Please don't forget Operation Andrew going on be in prayer for three different people to come to know Jesus as Lord and Savior and invite them to be at church with us on October 1st. Thank you so much for joining me. I love you. Hope that you have a great rest of the week, and I look forward to seeing you on Sunday. God bless.